Welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. I'm Tony. I'm here with Dave and Dave. Dave Stevens. Dave Sterling. I'm Tony Pervenanzi. Uh, we come to you from the humble surroundings of my garage once again. Um, and, of course, we are on the BGN FM, BGN.FM network. Um, and we are still there, uh, which is surprising because so I thought they would just kick us off after the first one. But they must <laughs> like us. Um, also, I want to let you guys know we do have a new logo, which uh, we actually paid money for. Yes. Which is surprising. And it's a great-looking logo. Um, your friend... Uh, so my neighbor's neighbor, yes. daughter, Okay. She's does graphic design for Best Buy. Okay. And uh, she does some freelance stuff. And I've seen some of the stuff she's done, so I was like, hey, you want to give it a shot? So yeah, shout-out. Miranda? Was Miranda, it? yeah. yeah. Miranda is the official graphic designer of the Lunacy Podcast. Yes, yeah. I, I turned out great. I couldn't yeah. have been happier with the way it's it fantastic. looked. fantastic. Yeah, nice. uh, BGN really liked it, by the way. Or the yeah. guy that I... Good, good, with. good, good. Oh, you got feedback from them yeah. about that? Wow. Oh, did they have to update their site? Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But it looks a little bit better than pictures of me and Dave, Dave smoking a cigar, or a pipe, pipe mm-hmm. and me on a... Uh, on a uh, what do you call it? rascal at the state fair, right. so yeah, looks a little bit nicer. I don't think I made the comments on the podcast, but I know I told you guys that I did like that logo. I really did, and and I think I'll, I'll the old one. Yeah, the old one. Oh. I thought that was kind of cool. I really did. From the first time I saw your mm-hmm. podcast and listened to it, I thought yeah. it was unique. It was cool. Yeah. I'll miss it a little bit. We might have to go throwback every once in a while. Well, sure, <laughs> and bring it back. Maybe add me into it somehow. You know, no, you know, we could do. Remember what was the name of that uh, auto store? Uh, was uh, Pet Boys. Remember they had the three heads? Ah. We could do that. Yeah. You know, we could have the three cartoon heads. You might be on to there something. You, go. Yeah. you know, that, that logo took me a whole, uh, about eight minutes to make. Well, it was a nice looking logo. Yeah. And then she uh, put it all together and put the colors to it and made it look all decent and now we have something, you know? Yeah. We'll uh, soon have t-shirts, stickers, and, you know, Bumper stickers. There you go. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, so let's talk about last week's game, although I know the three of us don't really want to talk about it because it was a 2-0 loss to Sport in Kansas City. Yeah. You know, I said in our conversations that, honestly, it's like I'm, I'm getting tired of being negative. Yeah. And it, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the only thing we can ever be with this team. And I think, well, I I think we, I, I think we went through a phase a couple weeks ago where we were kind of getting on the positive side because we had some good games, mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden we've fallen back to earth again, and we we have eight games left in the season, and we were talking about this for the podcast. We have pretty much have to go eight and zero to sniff the playoffs this yeah. year. Really, I mean, unless there's collapses. Historically, eight eight zero that would give you give the loons 24 points and so his from a historical standpoint dave sterling brought up that number is usually around 55 points that you need uh you also mentioned that it'll probably be lower um this year but if the loons went eight no they'd finish on um just about 54 points 53 yeah. points so yeah. uh and that's wishful thinking at this point because as we'll talk about later the next game is going to be tough because we're missing some key right. players. I'd say that's an understatement. I mean, it would be an unbelievable yeah. run. Yeah. And uh, I think they just have to take each game one at a time and try and make improvements. you gotta, yeah. you got to get – you. 
let's assume they don't make the playoffs. I'd like to sit here and say, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. That last game is going to mean something. But if let's assume they don't for a moment. They need to go into next season well, not making the playoffs. They need to go in with a positive note, a positive feel. You yeah. need to see something out of those last games, especially when we get everybody back and healthy yeah. and done with international duty and we have a full r- roster. We need to see something positive. So yeah. let's get into the last game a little bit, even though we don't want to. Do we have any positives from last game that we can pull out? Uh, the the thing that jumps out at me, I think, was the end of the first half when it was still a tie game. Mm-hmm. They had some, the loons had some wonderful chances. Dave, if you want to go into <laughs> detail on those for us, <laughs> Dave's laughing about this because um, it was I, a tie game at the end of the first the half. The only thing so that, that is a positive. That's one I guess, positive. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, is it was a zero zero tie. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't really have anything to say. I mean, they they did have some good chances here and there. Um, to be perfectly honest, uh, it's been it's been now almost a week since I've watched that game, and I didn't make note of any of those chances. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a livelier game than I anticipated it to be in the first half. Yeah, uh, I thought we, you know, not only did we hold them at zero, we also had our opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't like it, we bunkered down and just said, okay, if we can get out of here 0-0, zero, zero, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, we, we at least did some stuff in the in that first half. And, it, yeah, that is a positive. But, it, unfortunately, yes, I was laughing because it's such a terrible positive. It is, and it's hard. I mean, that's it's the second 2-0 defeat in as, you know, as many games. They yeah. lost, what was it, Dallas? Mm-hmm. The week before they lost two nil, so they they're they're in the middle. You know, fortunately they they did score the two goals against uh, LAFC. Was that the last couple goals they scored? And then they went yeah. to Dallas and yeah. lost yeah. two nothing. And then against SKC they lost two nothing. So I'm just starting to wonder where the goals are going to come from. Well, who who I mean, we were missing Darwin. Yeah, well, maybe the last two games, right? Both games. Yeah. That's, so that's think your about answer. that. That's and there's your answer. your answer right there. Is yeah. that Darwin is the is the playmaker that we we need on this team? Right. Yep. You know. Yeah, you know. I think uh, before we get, I have my comments on those goals that we allowed. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where. Are we depending too much on Darwin? I don't think we are. I mean, the reality is every team has their playmaker. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, I think most teams generally have a couple of playmakers uh, where we don't. But at this point, I don't think it's it's not necessarily a, a negative that we're depending so much on him. I mean, that's kind of the reality of, of what any sport really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, I'll draw up reference to uh, to the Chelsea game this morning. Uh, Eden Hazard, he didn't score a goal, or yes, he did score a goal. He scored a second goal, actually. Uh, but everything seems to work around him. You know, Chelsea's playmaker is Eden Hazard. Yeah. And it, when he's not on the pitch, it looks not quite as good as it, it does when he is on the pitch. Exactly right. And, it, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. When you look at a team like... I mean, Atlanta is a fantastic example to continue our quasi-Atlanta podcast. Um, you know, when Elmeron isn't on the pitch, I think they look a lot less of a superstar team than what they 
when they what they are with him. I think a lot of what Joseph Martinez does plays off of Miguel Amaron. Sure. Uh, you've got LAFC's the same way. Carlos Vela, a lot of stuff goes through Vela. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you Galaxy, you want a goal, who do you go to? Slayton. Yep. He's a playmaker. You know, you want you want a goal that's not Slayton. A lot of times, goals come off of stuff that he does. Yep. And that's, that's what's been happening with Darwin, is that yeah. he doesn't have to score goals for this team. Right. But he sets it up. Mm-hmm. You know? And going outside of soccer, I'm going to bring up I'm going to bring up a team that you're going to love. Look back last year at the Green Bay Packers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers goes out, the Packers suffer. Yeah, he is their playmaker. He's their quarterback. He's their playmaker. He's the guy that offense is built around. When he's not in there, they're not scoring points. Right. You know that's just the way it works. And they don't play defense either. Oh, they don't play defense. Yeah. Which, well, you know that's a totally different story. But um, so. Not having Darwin for the past two weeks has pretty much cut off our offense. Yeah. And so we are then forced to play defense. And as we've talked about in this podcast, we are not a great defensive team. No, we're not. We are, I, I believe this, this year, we are a score as many goals as possible team and then try to make it so that the other team doesn't score as many points as we score. Right. You know? run-and-shoot offense in the NFL, like I've talked about this podcast before. So when Darwin's not there, we don't have, it, we don't have anything. Yeah. It's, it's over. Yeah. You know. yeah, you know, and I think we can go into detail over and over about why we have problems on defense. Uh, you know, but we, we've done it at least half a dozen times. We have. Uh, and it, when you look at our problems on defense, they're represented by pretty much every goal. Again, you know, last week I think I brought up, okay, we have problems on defense. It's communication. Yep. It's the IQ doesn't seem to ever be there. And guess what happened this week or this past week? Again, it was communication. Uh, The IQ is a little not quite as bad maybe, Uh, but it's still a situation where each goal had communication errors. And the second second goal in particular was a was a personnel issue mm-hmm. and it, so if i if i can go through my analysis of the goals yeah if and, you if you want to cry co- correct yeah so we can start with the first you want to start with the first one or do you <laughs> want to start with the second one because you feel there is a little more IQ um, communication issues let's let's just go in order okay so the first goal was the in the 47th minute it was crozet um now here's my you're going to have to help me out. Um, I can see it, but I can't think of the defender he got by or he shot the ball past. But then I just remember him looking back at Bobby Shuttleworth and almost being surprised. I thought he was surprised. I thought the defender was expecting Shuttleworth to, to have the near post guarded a little better than he did because it snuck right in there. I, I'd agree with that. Okay. Because yeah. Yeah, that was my impression. That was Calvo, by the way. It was Calvo, okay. Yeah. I think Calvo was surprised that Shuttleworth wasn't doing a better job of protecting that near post. Yeah, you know, and I think... I in my analysis, I put the blame on on Calvo. Okay, um, but at the same time, because just because had he done a little bit more, mm-hmm. the goal, the shot probably wouldn't have happened. However, I think you're right, and I saw other people on Twitter even argue that you know Bobby did a really bad job with protecting the goal on that particular play. I hate to say it. I mean, he's done a fantastic job yeah. all year. It's but. surprising when we're talking about. 
Bobby making a mistake Even a, because this year he has done... Unless it's distribution. Well, dis, right. well <laughs> distribution. Sorry. You hate his distribution. Yeah. I don't like it either. But on the other side of it, yeah. in goal, he has done everything he could this year Definitely. to stop goals from being scored by this defense. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so if you look at that, the whole play, and it... Sorry, I literally wrote out all my notes. So it might at points sound like I'm just reading something. Uh, initially, I was thinking that it's Brent Kelman's goal, that it was his blame. And I rewatched it a few times, and it, it's, it's actually Kelvo that does all the crappy, crappy defending. And it, the reason that I thought it was Kelman at first was because he literally chased. Rubio out of the box all the way over to almost the, the touchline. Oh. I mean, he was maybe five yards off off the sideline. And at that point is when all the stuff broke down because he left this huge void in the middle of the pitch. And as, um, as, as the ball came up, the communication started kind of going all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I think... Kelman should have just let Rubio go. Chased him out of the box. Just let him go. Come back down. Zussi's bringing the ball down. And Jerry comes in, closes down Zussi. And when he closed down Zussi, he followed Rubio. Well, I don't know that he necessarily knew Kelman followed Rubio. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you've got two guys on Rubio. Zussi's standing wide open. And then you've got this huge hole in the middle of the pitch. And so... Here comes Johnny Russell wandering into the middle of the field, and he's just standing there. He's <laughs> wide open, just standing there. And this is where my my critique of Calvo comes in. Because Calvo's off ball watching the entire time. Yeah. Johnny Russell's just standing there right at the top of the box. Mm-hmm. Rubio now has two guys on him. And Rubio saw Russell, yeah. kicked it in. And the cross is probably the weakest cross you could ever have. The ball kind of rolls right to Russell. And Calvo's like right there, six yards away. Yeah. And he's not doing anything. Yeah, And he just kind of jogs over. Mm. And by this point, Russell already has the ball. And it, he passes it into uh, Crozet. And that's it. I mean, he didn't, he didn't really have a whole lot to do. Boxel was trying to cover him. And Russell at the same time, basically. And he gave him just enough space mm-hmm. to where Quase had the had the ball, was able to turn and get a shot off. That's where I think, and now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been Boxel that looked at okay. Shuttleworth. One of those one of those two, Boxel or Calvo, mm-hmm. were there with a really pretty easy shot on goal. And, you know, yeah, I think Bobby didn't cover his yeah. new post as well as he should have, but... I don't think it would have been an issue had Kelvo just closed down Russell. No. Can we go back to the wandering into the box though? Was he really? Because I watched, I watched some highlights of the game. He did kind of wander and kind of he almost skipped into the box. It was kind of like, well, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm free. Look at, and he just gets in there, and it's like, where is? We talked about communication. Yep. What the hell? How I, do you let somebody get in the box by yeah, themselves? I, yeah, Tony, I mean, Davey did a perfect job of describing it. And Tony, yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's confusion there. Yeah. And that's confusion because there's lack of communication. 
Yeah. I don't think they knew. They didn't have a good idea as a, as a group of where they what they needed to do, well, what their responsibilities were in that case. Yeah. Soccer 101. Yeah. You don't let an opponent be by himself in the box. I, right. I don't. I, the, the, my six year old knows this for Pete's sakes. Yeah, it was. There wasn't enough effort. It was yeah, too yeah. Lack, lackadaisical. Exactly. Yeah. And what's worse is you know with playing a three five two formation, you have three central defenders, and it, we had one center back, yeah. essentially one in the box because Calvo was so far to the to the left side that he was basically out almost out of the box. Yeah. And so if you if you freeze frame right before Russell gets the ball, you have you have Boxel. He's way off uh, not quite center of the pitch to the right side. Mm-hmm. You have Calvo who's finally wandering back towards the center of the box from the left very Wa- left edge. Wandering. Yeah, yes. and then you have Kelman who is literally not even in the play. Yeah, he's just hanging out. And so we had three center backs, and one was actually even in the play at that point. I'm pretty sure I saw on a highlight they had Kelman was way over here, and I think he was having a smoke break. I swear, it was like he had a smoke, and he was like, "Oh, we're still up here." Oh, giddy up! I was thinking maybe a fan had a beer, and he yeah, he's just going over there. Yeah, yeah, took a drink. You know, I it's when I looked at the notes from last podcast communication. Soccer 101, and there it is. Yeah. yeah. Communication, to, soccer 101. Yeah, credit to Crozet. He did, he did put it on the line he had to, but it wasn't... Oh, definitely. It, wasn't yeah, it was a de- good shot. Yeah, it wasn't like a... Yeah. The degree of difficulty on that goal wasn't incredibly high, but... Yeah. But it comes back to the point that we talked about just a little while ago, when you don't have our top performer, then the defense needs to step up. Yep. And you cannot have... Lack of communication, stupid plays going on if you hope to win a game or even tie a game right, right now. And, you know, the thing is, is I'll give, you know, Jerry, I believe I believe he tweeted after the game, you know, he should have played better. I'm like, dude, this is your first time back yeah. in, mm-hmm. what, a month and a half? Yeah. I'm like, you're going to be rusty. Mm-hmm. The, those communication things are going to be an issue. Because he hadn't played for so long, he he was taking blame for things he didn't have to take blame for. Sure, and yeah. he, it was that I think it, he was taking blame more for the second goal mm-hmm. because that actually beat him. Uh, but and I I thought he played perfectly fine. In fact, that he wasn't he was expected to probably be a late game sub, and sure. he had to come in. He, sure. Yeah, he came in for Miller, who got yeah, hurt early which on. Is a completely another subject to talk yeah. about. Uh, which we can. Uh, You know what? I don't want to cry too much today, guys. (laughs) So, and just so, Dave, Dave, did you watch this game live on TV? And it sounds like I did. did. And then Tony, did you didn't you missed it? Just highlights. And I did not watch the game live. I did go back and watch the entire game on uh, Fox Sports Go, the replay. I actually did it over the course of two nights. I watched the first half on Sunday night and the second half on Monday night. And now, I just want to say this, though. I'm not sure if I should be bragging about this or I should be embarrassed by the fact that I somehow made it 48 hours in this day and age of social media and internet and TV without knowing the outcome of the game until uh, Monday night. And I didn't know the outcome until I finished watching the replay. So I just wasn't sure how I should feel about that. I want to say something to you, Dave. Why would you go through that pain of well, watching it two nights in a to row? To be fair, I didn't know the outcome. That's I part of it. I understand that. That's true. You we, well, yes. You, you told know. us you weren't watching, and 
John and I backed off on yep. our tweet. Right? Yeah, and you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. So didn't really give a whole lot of info. That's yeah. why. That's why I can. You know, because I didn't see it. I didn't know mm-hmm. the result. I was. So that's why I get going through, you know, on Sunday night, I was feeling pretty good. Yeah. Zero, zero draw. That was the one laughable positive <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We came, that we got out of it. But <laughs> So I just wasn't sure. I, I, I'm, part of me wants to be impressed with myself that I somehow yeah, made it that long. Yeah, it is, actually. I don't think I could manage to do it every week. With the yeah. amount of time I spent on social media, I would never have been able yeah. to get No, I wouldn't either. I, I, five hours. And I knew it so, that night, actually. The reason I didn't watch it because I think, what did I have going on? Last Saturday, I was, what was I doing? Was it last Saturday? Oh, I was, I was dead to the world because I'd been to the Ren Fest. That, well, I went to the Ren Fest Saturday, yeah. So that's why yeah, I was out. Yeah, Saturday I was, uh, I was actually doing a fantasy football, American football. That's right. Yeah. Um, fantasy football draft, and I was with Nels down in Farmington at our friend yeah. Travis's house. So, I couldn't possibly have watched the game with that crew. So. Before we get into the second goal, we didn't talk about when we started this what beers we're drinking. Usually we start oh, off talking beers. Yeah. We completely. I was going to raise it up here in a little bit. So I need to talk about the beers that I've drank that I'm crying into as we talked about this last game. Watering uh, them down. Watering them down, yes. Uh, Dave Sterling brought the Doe Eyes from Insight Brewing, which I love this beer. And it's only around, I think, in the late or late summer, early fall, into a little bit early winter. And it is from Insight. It's a sour uh, it's cherry uh, with Door County cherries. This stuff's fantastic. And now I've started down my Minnesota Gold Light, Third Street Brew House, another fine brewery in Minnesota. Uh, Dave Stevens has what I picked up yesterday. Tell me what you got, Dave. I am drinking a Frisson, which is a surly small batch beer. And I'll tell you, it's described as a champagne-inspired lager. But uh, I'll tell you what, if, I did, if there wasn't a beer can in front of me and I was just drinking the glass, mm. I could almost say I was drinking a glass of champagne. Yeah, it's I know. that close. It's great. It's very dry, bubbly, sparkling, you know, like a sparkling wine or champagne would yeah. be. And I'll tell you, it's not nearly, it's not quite as strong as a glass of champagne, but it's close. It's 9% ABV. Yeah. Yeah. So, so can you taste the alcohol? I have, yes, you can. Okay. It's, it, that's why I say it, it almost feels like you're drinking a glass of champagne as I take which a sip is, of it. Which is, it's interesting with Surly now, we've had the Rosé, which they came out in small batch uh, about a month or two ago. That was similar. Which yeah. is like a, it's like a wine. And now this is the Frison, which is like a champagne. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you tell the difference, of course. When I say you think you're drinking yeah, a glass of champagne, that might be a slight exaggeration, but I'd mm-hmm. say it leans closer to a champagne than, say, a, a, a lager. You know? yeah, yeah. It's definitely tipped towards that side of the scale. Yeah. Uh, Dave Sterling, what are you having? Uh, I am currently drinking the Omni Muddy Runner Coconut Porter. And it, for the number of times that I've been to Omni, I've never had it. Yeah, I haven't either. And uh, I'm a huge porter guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I've never tried it before. Um, I really like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, not a huge coconut fan at all. When it's in beer, I I, I like tend to like it. Um, and yeah, I think it's the coconut's um, a little bit heavier than I've tasted in other coconut porters, but it's uh, pretty well balanced. Yeah, that's uh, that, yeah. that was my thought. I, I'm a, a fan. I'm a fan of porters and stouts, and I know that. Omni is a friend of the podcast, as you mm-hmm. guys did, I think, your second podcast second one, there. Yeah, yeah so, shout out to them. So I think when I saw the Porter and it was from Omni, I said, oh, that would be that would be great to try. I, and I had the exact same feeling. Coconut, I, although I like coconut, I wasn't sure how it would go in a beer or a Porter. But I'll be interested. To, I'll probably try that next Yeah, and, in and the second half. Like Dave said, shout out to Omni. They kind of started us on our 
brewery uh, journey of doing yeah. these different podcasts, different places. I know we haven't done one at a brewery for a couple weeks because of the fact, or a couple podcasts because of the fact we've had some things going on, but we will get back to one uh, yeah. before the season ends. Um, but uh, so that's what we're drinking here, yeah. guys. And uh, I think that's a good, just sorry to interrupt, but uh, one thing I did want to say for sure, and I think this is a good time to do it, is just the fact that, you know, as we sit here drinking these craft beers, some from breweries that we've actually done the podcast from, I w- I'm definitely, and I've probably said enough so far in the last five or six episodes to know that I'm definitely more of a, ma- at least I have been more of a macro brew kind of guy, not yeah. a micro brew. Yeah. But thanks to the, this, I want to say your pa- podcast, our podcast, mm-hmm. um, I've definitely gotten more into craft beers. And I've gotten to the point where I go to the liquor store, I'm not just automatically walking to that case of Miller Lite. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. my time browsing like you know the omni that i bought today mm-hmm. like what looks good what looks good what breweries have i been to that i or that i want to go to want to go to sure know? yeah it's just i think that's an exciting part about this podcast it's got me more on to that and briefly it's made me a bigger united fan of course i was a, i've been a fan for years you know going back to their blaine days but it's yep. really this podcast has really gotten me more into the day-to-day following of of the team like i would yeah. with baseball or football i'm following every little thing that happens on a day-to-day basis where i've always been an english soccer fan a, a, a national supporter yep. but it's really gotten me into following the loons closer so and i think it has done the same thing for me i think i've gotten more into uh soccer in general but uh of course i was on micro brews like way before you were but oh yeah uh, hi kiddo Sorry, everybody. We're having a barbecue at my house at 3. Everybody's showing up right now in the middle of the podcast, of course. Um, so, of course, my my uh, sister-in-laws are showing up. Both, my niece. Both sister-in-laws. Huh? Yeah, both are here. Uh, my niece. Hi, kiddo. Uh, everybody's here. They're showing up early because they want to start drinking. Right? Yeah, right. Check. Yeah. Okay, check. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Uh, so, anywho... Now that we've talked about our beers and we can cry into them, let's talk about the second goal. Which so, was, sorry, it was. I just want to say real quick before you dive into your analysis, it was in the 62nd minute by uh, Rubio. And I'd like to point out, we're making a difference. We're, we are? One podcast at a time. Yes. We're making a difference. Yes, yes sure. We're getting people into craft beer. Well. Yep. More. Okay. I, yep. Even I'm not if gonna, it's just me. I'm not going to say much about this, but... Nels and I have been to craft beers forever. Getting Dave into it was easy. Getting Johnny into it, that took Jenny to get him into right, it. Right, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, we've been... Well, we start, when we were younger, we, we drank macros because that's what was around. But then all of a sudden, micros came on board. And I'm glad you're drinking more, you know. I, I was all, I've always been a... I, not anymore, maybe, but I used to be a quantity over mm-hmm. quality kind of guy where I can have... Oh, I'll have six Miller lights as opposed to three craft beers, but it's right. definitely swinging back the other way. For yeah. Me. I, I, have you always kind I of been on the craft bandwagon? The, the first beer. Okay. Aside from a graduation party, when I was like 12 of a cousin that my uncle snuck me a beer aside from that, yeah. which I, if I were to guess, we're probably either a Liney's original or a Pabst. You're, at uh, that point, you were in Wisconsin, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first beer that I actually drank was a Guinness. Oh. Yeah. So I've always not. I've always been more. I mean, even though Guinness is a macro, mm-hmm. I've always been more an import craft. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, aside from the 
going out to the bars, you always finish the night with a Miller Lite because it's cheap. Well, and where Dave and I come into that situation is we were in our early 20s living in northeast Minneapolis with Johnny and everybody else going downtown Minneapolis. What did you drink down there? Bud Light, Miller right. Lite, Coors. It's all you drank. Right. You know, there was no like, there was no micro brews. Right. I mean, that was the deal. And then Surly came on board and totally changed it for me. It was like, I started drinking Surly and I was like, now this is something I want to drink. This is something I can drink on a, you know, on a weekend or whatever and taste different. It's better. And now the explosion of microbreweries in Minnesota. I mean, I went to Haskell's last night to buy beer for our, for our podcast and for our barbecue today. And I'm telling you, man, you walk through there and I spend like an hour in the liquor store right. looking for things that I haven't had or... Yeah, places I want to go to or I've been to, and 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 getting that stuff. So, yep. yeah, it's an exciting time right now. Yeah, you know, I think in two thousand one, when I turned twenty one, I was a. Uh, it's shenanigans on Water Street in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. at two in the morning. A dollar fifty Miller Lite is what yeah. I'm gonna drink. Oh yeah. yeah. So, unless I went down the street to the Staven Hoop. Which I wonder if it even exists anymore. I don't even know. Uh, and it was, you know, before closing time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I might get some import, but at that point, yeah. I mean, in two thousand one, most people didn't drink a lot, hell of a lot are of crap beer. Are you trying to tell us that you were in Eau Claire in two thousand one? I, I, we might have crossed paths. We probably crossed paths numerous of, times. Of course, that's where I was in Eau Claire. I mean, I grew up in Eau Claire. Yeah. And yeah. Nels went to Eau Claire. A bunch of our friends went there. A lot of our so friends. So we'd go from out there every once in a while. Well, you go out there more than I did, but yeah. we'd go out there and go to the bar. Yeah. When I, I mean, I was engaged in two thousand two, so my my uh, Water Street days. Mm-hmm. Like actually being out all the time on Water Street were limited to about September two thousand one to September two thousand two, probably. Yeah, I'd say between um, well, say between ninety seven ninety seven and two thousand and one or two, I was probably in Eau Claire almost once a month just to visit right. Nell's and everybody else that yeah. was going to. Yeah, I mean, I had the the standard started at probably started at uh, the. At Brothers. Okay. And then I'd go to the Nasty Habit. Nasty and then we'd go to the oh, Pioneer. No. <laughs> and then <laughs> we'd end at Shenanigans. I uh, might go to the Grand Illusion, right? Is that what it was called? Grand Illusion? The GI? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Uh, I don't remember that one. You mentioned the Nasty Habit. I believe it was New Year's Eve in 1999. I could be off by a year or two. But that I had my wallet stolen that night. Yeah, I was there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he had his wallet stolen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was wonderful. Yeah. And I, I, was, I had my, I had everything in social I know security did. card. I know it was, it yeah. was, a, it was a rough. Yeah, that place doesn't exist anymore. It does not. Okay. Yeah, it was turned to the into the dirty pickle. I think it was, and then the dirty pickle. Yeah, and then it got shut down, and now I don't even think the building exists. That's kind of like the uh, what was that name of that that uh, bar in the Quad Cities when we decided to see Joe Mar play? It was the wet? It wasn't the wet beaver. I kept calling it the wet beaver, uh-huh. but it was like it was like the fur. It was like the furry beaver or something like that. It was a terrible. Well, bar. now we're gonna get that explicit. <laughs> Oh, mark on the, the podcast. We we just went forty minutes without it. Like oh, 30 sorry. Minutes without I apologize. It's into window. I don't know. It, it might not necessarily be a bad word per right. se, but beavers think, are wet. Come on. Yeah. Okay. That's yep. true. They are. What was the name? I swear to God, it was the name they, of the bar. Okay. You go to the zoo and you'll see wet beavers. Exactly yes. right. So, so back to the <laughs> back to the. Right, let's stop let's, it. Okay, we've been trying. I I think actually we're trying not to talk about the second goal. 
it might be the fact. It might yeah. be true. So let's get into it. Okay, so as Dave pointed out, it was sixty-second minute. So we managed to go what fourteen minutes, and uh, you know, for me, I don't really place blame on the school. Uh, I in my notes I wrote down that it was a head scratcher for me because the reality is, is it was just a complete mess of poor defending mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, I initially wanted to blame Calvo. I did for probably the first five times watching it, and then all of a sudden I realized that no, this has a lot to do with with how our formation was. So if you watch the goal, were the entire team, aside from you know whatever the offensive players are doing, um, was shifted all the way to our right, mm-hmm. and it, so it was so we were so shifted that literally Boxel was almost on the right touch line, wow. and then uh, Calvo was probably mid pitch, mm-hmm. and Kelman was in the middle. And it, for us, then the uh, for us, our midfielders were all shifted up, probably ahead of Kalman and Boxel. So we're all just shifted way far to the right. And what happened was Johnny Russell and and Rubio were uh, coming down, really the center of the center of the field. But it looked like it was practically the left wing, and it, there was no one on them. Yeah. Kelvo was basically the only guy that could cover him. Jerry was coming up on the left side to meet Rubio, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so Jerry and Kelvo were kind of on this island. And they beat the entire defense because everybody's so far everybody's over out. to the right. Yeah, yeah. That all of a sudden, it's just, where in the world is this challenge going to come from? Mm-hmm. Initially, like I said, I wanted to blame Calvo because he didn't do a very good job of challenging Russell once he got the ball. Yeah. But in the end went once um once Rubio got the got the ball, you had Jerry, you know, he took a dive, he tried to get out, tried to get the block and went on I think it went under his leg. And it for me, I'd like to blame Calvo because it was very Calvo esque. Yes. To not challenge the guy. Yes. But it comes down to our personnel. It comes down to the fact that we don't have a number six. If you have that that anchor in the defensive midfield, you get guys to stay home. Yep. So it, let's say we have a number six and Schuler and Warner are two midfielders, mm-hmm. other midfielders. You've got Schuler's on, probably on the right. And Warner's probably on the left. And Warner's going to stay home on the left. Mm -hmm. So as Rubio and Russell come down, you're going to have your number six, being that we were so shifted to the right, you're going to have that number six floating to the right side. Yep. But Warner is going to know he has his defensive midfielder there as an anchor for the defense, and he's going to stay to the left. Exactly. So you've got someone cutting off. Rubio and Russell as they come down the field as they're making their runs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, you might have more to add, but that's perfect. I I actually, and we're going to talk about this later. We uh, the loons, you know, you know, signed a new 
yeah. midfielder, and we'll talk about him later. Yeah. Um, and I, but one of my notes here was, why is that number six or that defensive midfielder so important? And you just answered it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Because he's he's the anchor of the defense. I mean, you know, a lot of people say that it's that your your anchor are the CBs. I I one of my favorite positions in soccer is the number six position. Um, yeah. Because I've always I've always loved the formations that really utilize a six. Yep. And it, the reason for it is because he's kind of like that inside linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Who who spies the QB or the running back? Yep. And it, he's just there to bust up the play. Yeah. And it, when you have that anchor in the defense, in the secondary in football, mm-hmm. he's just he's just there. Right? You know, the, the number of times that an inside linebacker drops back into coverage. And the the quarterback doesn't see him, and he gets picked. Gets picked, yeah, exactly right. Or yeah. breaks up the pass, exactly right. And it it's that's the number six. He's sitting there as the run of play comes up. He's kind of that anchor, and the defense kind of fits around him. Yep. And it, you know, I think you have a number six. That goal doesn't happen. Yeah, because we were so shifted left. You have three free roaming midfielders in in Schuler. Uh, Warner and I think Ibsen was still out at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're just they just kind of roam with the ball, and everyone roamed to the right. Roams, yep. And yep. you've got your two. I mean, seriously, Russell is generally on the left side of the three-man attack, mm-hmm. and then Rubio's center. They had switched, but you have your two two guys coming down. And there's absolutely no one. You're two on two, basically. Yeah. And and I guess so. Yeah. Just a follow up. So he, if you if you call the the number six position and you do a defensive midfielder, does that mean he's less involved, say, as a midfielder on the attacking side of the ball? Does he hang back further? For me, I like a number six that hangs back. Yeah. Okay. Now it, it, that doesn't necessarily happen. Okay. Um. You know, most number sixes are kind of. They could be interchanged with the CB. They're generally not terribly uh, skillful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're pretty, or even really that quick. So they they generally hang back a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think in in Adrian Heath's preferred formation, the four four two three one, the six hangs back, and you've got that pivot guy that that sits next to him, and he the whole play kind of moves sure, around him. Sure, sure, sure. And, and so, yeah, usually the six kind of hangs back. So yeah. would 10 then be, is 10, would that typically be your attacking midfielder? Would you call him? Yeah, because he's kind of the guy that, he's kind of the guy that play, makes the plays. For the forwards. Yeah. yeah. So he kind of hangs back behind the forwards. Maybe sometimes is even considered a forward. And he just kind of, moves the ball where it goes. Yeah. And that and that's the thing, you know, of everyone that listens that hates Chelsea, sorry. But that's Eden Hazard's a ten. He moves all over the place. Sure, sure. But the play kind of goes it through him. Goes through him. He's like a, yeah. it's like a point guard in basketball is what yeah. it is. And they go the play goes through them and that's yeah. they're in charge of kind of feeding the ball to wherever it is yeah. and that's that. That's kinda of like what Pirlo used to do for Italy is yeah. the same type of deal. He was exactly. the point guard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so this goal, I don't think it had anything to do with communication. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had really anything to do with soccer 101. Yeah. It was just 
you have guys out specifically three midfielders that are asked to do something not generally used to doing mm-hmm. and that's what happens all right um I, I can't talk about this game anymore. It's well, making me cry. <laughs> and that, maybe that's fine. We, I, we said we didn't want to spend too much time and talking about it. And we can use that as a segue into our new signings. And, and, yes. yeah, as a, I'll treat this almost as a side note. I just want to kind of run down the stats a little bit. And, and mainly because it was another 2-0 to zero defeat. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating because we haven't been able to get that goal. We haven't been able to just, you know, push across that edge. It, it sucked. Yeah, it did. But, you know, because you look at it, and, and as far as shots, you know, we had more shots. It was 16 to 12. Shots on target, we were 8 to 4. Mm-hmm. Possession was pretty close. It was 55 to 44 in favor of Sporting Kansas City. But yeah. just going down the line, you know, you look at uh, you look at the stats, and you just wish it could have been closer. You hope, and it just on paper, it should have been a little bit better. Yeah. And then the, the only other stat that kind of jumps out, and we probably should talk about it, is the yellow card zero for oh. skc yeah. and two for us boxel and calvo we need to talk about the yellow cards because that flows into next well yeah. this week well when do they play next wednesday next wednesday yep. the 12th yeah yep. so like coming a up a week from well, wednesday a week from wednesday yeah. so we need to talk about that because that flows into that game um we're not going to have calvo because of his Yellow card accumulation, accumulation, yep. and we're not going to have who's the other one? Boxel for the same Boxel, reason. For the same reason, right? And, and technically, we may not have Calvo for his call up. Well, and we which, were talking about this before the podcast, which means we might the United might be missing him for two two games. More games. Exactly yeah. right. It depends on how MLS decides to allow Minnesota to, okay. which we cannot, we is, can't afford. Now you say decides is that is that a is that a decision they can make on a case by case basis? Because um, you'd think you'd like to think they'd have a hard set rule. Okay, if you get an international call up, then that yellow card accumulation or even two yellow cards in a game. I would say that's pretty typical, hmm. except the fact that it's a major league soccer. Yeah, okay. and they like to adjust rules as they see fit. Is Commissioner Garber listening to this podcast? Um, I would bet the Don does not listen to this. Podcast. Well, that's too bad. Because I'm going to tell you right now. Well, we can't. Let's not assume he doesn't, Commissioner. I mean, we need Calvo in one of those games, so please. Please, for the love of God. Please, give us some hope. All right. I got, well, and little game, uh, as far as, as I've said many times, the Audi Index is growing on me mm-hmm. just, for, just for a game for us. Uh, I want each of you to guess who do you think was the highest uh, player for the Loons as far as the Audi Index is concerned. And we, we don't need to go into <sighs> details, but just so for SKC. A, for, against SKC. What was, loons player? What loon player is the best? Was the highest? Highest Audi rate. Yeah. I'm gonna say Calvo. Okay. Kalman. Kalman. Okay. I, I might have gone Ibsen, but it, it's because it surprised me. It was Angelo Rodriguez at not very good. We're talking. Good God, really? Yeah, 425 was the highest rated. 425, loons, which is fairly low on that scale, but oh. that was our highest rated player. Eat oh. on that. Kalman was. Kalman was. Kalman oh. was okay at 336, and Calvo was. Not too low at 287. They were kind of in uh, the middle of the pack. Uh, uh, just a little note from that index. Bobby Shuttleworth, we talked about earlier, was only at a 56. He's usually much higher. Oh, yes, he is. So, what was, wait, what was Angelo's again? Angelo was 425. And Cal, or Cal, yeah, Calvo's was what? Calvo was 287. So, had Calvo not had the yellow, he would have been higher than Rodriguez? Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that might have been sure. enough to knock him down because that's yeah. a significant negative. Yeah. I think it's like 150 points. Yeah. 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 
Um, I forgot about the yellow when I was saying Kelvo. Shoot. Yeah, I mean, that's why I picked Kelvin, because he was the only center back that didn't. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's good times. Um, so, going into this next game, then, we're not going to have Calvo. We're not going to have Boxel. Who knows about Darwin? Right. And it doesn't sound... We aren't going to have Romario or Ibarra. Romario will right. not... Uh, uh, Ibarra Jr. will not be in because he got called up to his national team. Which is fantastic. Which is great. It's great. I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah. really great. You know, and what's sad about this is the fact that I think DC would have been the game we would have seen Romario start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Finally, you know, he's had two appearances off the bench. Yep. And I really two. think that that was going to be the game. Well, now, now he's it's called up, up in the air. Yeah. So we won't get to see him. So, uh, and yeah. there's one other player we're not going to have next week. It Chris is. Ramirez? No. Well, we're not going to have Ramirez. Most likely. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Um, we're not going to have our friend Mears, who has been uh, let go yeah. by the team. It was a mutual uh, drop, from what I read. I would like to put that in bunny ears. So the terminology, I mean, the terminology released him from his contract. Is yes. that, those are That's the what proper they, words, I yeah, think. Yeah, and, it was yeah. A, and the, what they said is a mutual thing. He is going back to England to play for West, West, West Brom. West Brom. And like I was telling you guys earlier this week, when that happened, I was online and the West Brom fans on Twitter were having a conniption about him re- signing with them because they were like, why are we doing this? He sucks. Right. You know? And that's interesting. West Brom, I was actually, you know, I, I, I guess I don't look at the EPL table too often, but when I think of West Brom, I think of the Premier League. They've been yeah, up yeah, in that the top English division they have. Yeah. For, for quite a while over, say, the last uh, 18 years, 20 years. Yeah. Um, I think maybe they were last up there. It might have been actually a few years ago. Because mm-hmm. now they're in the championship, which Champions. is England's second, second league, level. Yeah. yeah, I think they were up 2016. Yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe just a couple, couple years, years ago. ago. Uh, but yeah. but the, the, the big thing from the United was, A, he wanted to be closer to his family because right. they live in England, and he's going to have a chance to play in the championship league and blah, blah, blah. No. We just got rid of him because he sucks. Why don't yeah, we just say that? He's an injury. He's injury yeah. prone. I mean, he he's been injured. I think, I think it's three times. Yes. This year. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then he's not. Yeah. I I don't know that I'd say he sucks. Well, he wasn't helping Personally. the club. He wasn't yeah. helping the club. I I think he for a thirty four year old he's got some wheels yet. But yeah, I don't think he's. You know, I, we signed him because. We needed somebody on the wing. Yeah. And, you know, it was probably a pretty safe signing. It was. For the most part. For the, at the time. Yeah. Um, but like I and said. And he had his green card. And so that he, was. He did, he did have a green card. That's yeah. right. Make sure we have a green. We're signing guys from overseas. Yeah. Make sure they have a green card. Now, does a green card, does that does that mean you do not need to have the international right. player status? That's right. That's right. right. Okay. That's right. So when Jerry got his green card a month ago. Yeah. That was huge for us. Yeah, right? it was. The spot. Um, but like I said, the West Brom fans were not happy with the signing of Mears. I'm uh, happy to see him go because get some other guys some playing time. Yeah, you know, it'll get some other guys. Maybe it'll get some younger guys to step up a little bit. Um, and then we went out and signed uh, Fernando Bob. So that was a Fernando good, Bob. That's a good yes. segue. We just got done talking about all the players that we won't have mm-hmm. uh, next Wednesday, the 12th versus DC United. But maybe we should talk about who we will have. Um, will we have? Fernando Bob, 
starting. And that's, as we were talking about the mm-hmm. importance of the defensive midfielder, yes, the number exactly six right. spot, that's, that's who, that's what he is. Yeah. He's, um, is it, he's Colombian as well? Or is he Brazilian? Brazilian. Brazilian. Okay. He's Brazilian. Uh, you know, and I think with the fact that we're not going to have Boxel and Calvo, yeah, I would know. bet he starts. He starts, yeah. Uh, because there is, he does need to get his, I'm not going to say green card, but he needs to get his papers in yeah, order, his, his visa, order. work visa. And yeah. the last I saw, I think it was pretty close. So, okay. Yeah. I, I have to say one thing about Fernando Bob. Um, not a fan of his name. Bob? I just, Fernando should go with something like Fernando Rodriguez or Fernando it, whatever. But not, It does sound very Fernando, Brazilian though, doesn't it? But it, it sounds it like they just does. like, it's very. it sounds like you tried and then you just dropped Fernando Bob. That's what we're going with. See, you know, so I saw his jersey. It's going to be Fernando Bob. It is? Jersey. Yeah. Oh. And it, for me, I was like, as a Brazilian, I think it should be Bob. Yeah, it should be Bob. Because, you know, Ibsen goes by Ibsen. Yeah. You know, I mean, and there are other examples in Europe where they go by their... William and Chelsea goes by William. Um, I, I think... I could probably sit here and think of more, but I don't want to get dead space. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, for me, I I would like to see either Bob yeah. or his whole name. Yeah. And now I can't even remember what his whole name is. But it's, Why don't we just do Fernando? It's extreme. Why can't we just do Fernando? It doesn't go. Fernando. Wasn't that a song by Abba, Fernando? You just, you yes. just can't do it. He's not from Mexico. He's from I'm Brazil. But so I'm, wonder, but I'm wondering it. this. I'm wondering. Now, if he starts playing for the United here shortly, are we going to see Bob the Builder signs at TCF Bank State? That's come up a lot on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And I would bet we will. Will we see somebody dress up as Bob the Builder at TCF Bank State? Considering how weird our supporters are, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Will you dress up as Bob the Builder? No. no. I don't like to draw attention to myself. <laughs> I don't want to sound naive, but who is Bob the Builder again? What? You don't have any kids, so you don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't. But even still. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a show it on... Sounds it sounds vaguely familiar. What channel is that? Was that uh, was it Nickelodeon? Was it Nickelodeon or PBS? Oh, I was going to say it was PBS, yeah. PBS. Bob the Builder is a guy who builds stuff. His name's Bob. His okay. name's Bob. Okay. Bob the Builder. Can we build it? Yes, we can. Yeah, there it is, right there. See, I don't know that. I just could you I uh, sing that one more time? No, I'm not going to sing anymore. Okay. No, no, I'm done singing Bob. Our Bob. our our audience just tanked. Yeah, so. we just went in the toilet. <laughs> this is now the last podcast. B, yeah. BGN is <laughs> dropping us right now. We're talking about Bob the Builder. We got to drop these guys. Jeez. Um, so yes, we're getting Fernando Bob. Uh, hopefully, he can help out a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm not looking forward to the next game, guys. I just with all the guys who are not going to be there, with Darwin's injury still kind of up in the air, I just I'm not looking forward to it. So, and we don't have the details uh, regarding, or, or at least I don't. Um, mm-hmm. may, we don't have the details with, re, with the financial details because here, here's what I have to wonder, what yeah. I have to ask about is is this kind of a move? The Fernando Bob move signing, is this a move they couldn't have made without trading Ramirez for the TAM money? Potentially. I I would I, I I'd think say it's so. probably connected. Connected, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, I think uh, the problem with it is that it's a signing that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, I think I saw you mention something about that, you know, on Twitter, actually. Yeah, you know, I, I just... 
What a, you know, I mean, it, the reality is Manny Lagos said that they didn't want to sign a number six until they had the right guy. Sure. Now, that's on record. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it used quite often on Twitter. So now, Fernando's got a lot of pressure on him because he has to be the right guy. He has to be the right guy. guy, All of a sudden, it's like, really? That's who you just signed? That's who you just spent some of Christian Ramirez's money on? Yeah. Supposedly the right guy. And and we're both using air quotes when we say the right Right guy, guy. just so you know. Yeah. Because are we skeptical when we say that? I think we probably Uh, are. You know, I think age wise, he's a little old. But he is, I've said this on Twitter, he's Brazilian. So I say, if you're a 30-year-old Brazilian, you're probably more like a 27-year-old American. Yeah, I, when guys come from, uh, especially South America, and I look at their age, I always say if they're young 30s, yeah. they're, they're, they're old 20s United yeah. States-wise. They still got some hop. You know? Definitely. You know, I mean, you look at Ibsen. He's what, like 38? No, I don't even know. Uh, what is it? He's yeah. like 35? He's 30. Like I think he's 35, yeah. Um, you know, as far aside from his stupid mistakes. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got gas in the tank. He does. He's, he does. He's yeah. a quality player in terms of his age. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't, I don't think his age is an issue. No. no. Uh, I think from what I've seen, yeah, he's kind of a... He's kind of a roamer. He's been on a lot of different teams, out on yep. loan, a lot of different teams. Does that mean that he's not that good? Possibly, but I think Brazil's top league is better than MLS. So exactly right. I think yeah. you know there's there's a question as to whether or not he's quite the quality we want. Mm-hmm. But if we're gonna bring in a young guy at some point over the offseason, which I honestly think this is what's happening. Yeah. I think it's he's a stopgap to shut the people up for the rest of the season. Yep. And then in the offseason, we're going to bring in a new a new kid, and that's going to be a better signing. I think at that point, he's a very good veteran presence to have to learn from. On this team, yeah. I mean, from what I've seen of his stats, he seems pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think... We're done talking about the United for today. Yeah. Um, let's take a short break. We're going to come back, guys, with some talk about some uh, articles that we've read uh, recently in the Star Tribune and the Wall Street Journal about Major League Soccer. Oh, you know what? We'll talk about the loans. And we'll talk... The to... loan players out. So oh, not really loon-oriented, but okay. still a little more loon-oriented. And we should yeah. probably... Let's, maybe we should talk about where the podcast was this past Monday. Yeah, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about that where we were at, and uh, and we'll come back in a little bit after we grab another beer, and uh, we'll talk about it. All right. break got some more beers um i am now drinking shook pineapple milkshake ipa from modest brewing uh sister-in-law jamie bought it for me last night it is fan fantastic guys um if you like milkshake ipas definitely grab this one 
Dave Stevens has the Muddy Runner from Omni, Omni which yep. we talked about earlier. Yep. And it's my it's my first time trying it. Real quick, I can just basically mirror what Dave said. It's and the one thing, yeah, the the coconut yeah, it doesn't stick out as much as I thought it might. But so yeah, it's mm -hmm. a great porter from Omni. Mm -hmm. And Dave Sterling is having the insight brewing the doe eyes, which I had earlier. And you know, I I'm a big sour guy. Mm -hmm. This is pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's good I mean, sour. The uh, the cherries, you can tell that it's you can tell there's cherry there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really well balanced. What it, what's the alcohol? It doesn't really taste very. Very heavy alcohol, 7.3. Oh, I was going to say 15. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. I'll say this. Uh, <laughs> both of your beers, Dave and Tony, your beers stick out, and I can see why they'd stick out in a liquor yeah. store, and they're, yeah. they're very bright, yeah. vivid, for sure. Pink. Yours is quite pink, Tony. It's pink. It's nothing I would buy myself, my sister-in-law, like of course. Said, yeah. My sister-in-law is over here about two or three times a week, and uh, she always complains that I she drinks all my beer, and she needs to buy more beer for me, and I always say, it's not a big deal, we're family. And every once in a while, she'll just kick in and buy just crazy stuff that's amazing. Um, so it's always a little pleasure for me to see what she bought. It's very nice of her. Oh, it is, yeah. Um, we didn't talk about, before we went to break, we didn't talk about that we're also going to miss one other guy from the next game. That's Schuler, Right. We got called up by his national team, Finland. correct? Yeah. By Finland. Yep. So we're going to miss Schuler as well. So that just adds another layer to the whole, we're what's, not going to have any players. What's one more player we're already yeah. missing? Yeah. And, it, you know, what's worse is he's actually been very good this year. He has been, <laughs> yes. He has been good. Um, I wanted to bring up a couple of articles that we read this week. One article was by, um, was it John Marth Martheller? That's right. In the Star Tribune. And he wrote an article about how MLS soccer should be more like college football. Yeah, so the, the, the article's title was U.S. Soccer Could Learn a Few Things from College Football. Yes, and when I read the article. I think all of us read the article. Yeah. And I'm telling you that he doesn't make many... He kind of rambles about some things. Uh, a, I don't think MLS could ever be like college football because he, he talks about uh, tradition and rivalries. And what we were talking we were talking about this before the podcast is like, MLS can't have big rivalries yet because we haven't been playing for 100 years like college football has. Yes. So we're never going to get the Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry in the MLS because we've only been playing for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I had a few problems with the article, and like you pointed out, I mean, he, he basically the first impression I got was he was saying, well, like we said with the title's article, they could learn a few things, and that may be true. I'm not denying that. Yeah. I just think, like, he starts out by saying, well, college football has such a big, long history of course, they've been playing college football for 150 years, years yeah. in that ballpark. And, yeah, uh, yeah soccer, you know, the, the highest level of major, you know, major league soccer, we'll say, has been around since the mid-90s. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you, we just, soccer is not going to have that history. No. It can't yet. And think about how many generations that NCAA football has been through, okay? You've been through the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. They've been through all these generations, and they, they continue to go. One of the reasons they continue to go is because they're with universities. Yeah. And they have money, okay? Yeah. And universities have money for sports. Here, yeah, and another problem with the article is that I, I just feel like when you're talking about college football, and of course that we've, it's well, we've brought it up many times. I'm, say, for example, a, a Gopher football, University of Minnesota, Twin Cities campus, Gopher football mm -hmm. fan. Now, I suppose people do, but it's not like, you know, 
next year or 10 years from now or 100 years from now, I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to stop being a fan of, of gopher football and become a fan of, of uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. No. That just there's You have that loyalty built into you a do. fan base right. because a good portion of the fans, especially yeah. the smaller colleges that he brings up, he talks about St. Thomas and St. John's. That loyalty is burned into your mind exactly. after, after going to that school exactly. and, be, you know, and if you're alumni. That loyalty is burned in. That, that is not the case for professional sports. No, no. So it's hard to kind of make comparisons with no. the two. And you, Dave, you and I both when you're in Minnesota, so we're both Gopher fans. Um, I will say this. Uh, you're never going to make MLS like college football. There's no. an atmosphere. There are students. No. There's... Uh, Camaraderie. There's all types of things going to college football that's never going to happen in MLS. No, professional football, the NFL, is not like college football. Exactly. Yes, and they play the same game, yep. a few different rules, but they are totally different. And it can't especially be. from a fan base standpoint. And it can't be because professional sports have owners, right? That want right. to make money. So I, okay, I'm, yeah, and I'm and great point. And I'm I'm just looking at the article now just to refresh myself. But like you know, one of the the sub headlines was. Soccer problem. Leagues care more about money more than their fans. Well, of course they do. You, you bet. You're a bu- this is a business. They're you professional. Have, you have to care about the bottom line. Now, that being said, you if, if they care more about money, they're not going to make that money without having a, a fan base. Yes. So. And I think, and I don't think he gets into the point that MLS has done a fantastic job over the past. How long has MLS been around for? 20? 20, 94 or 5. Sorry. 94, 95. Just over. They have done a fantastic job of growing themselves at a good rate, not getting too overgrowth. You know, they've had some yeah. hiccups here and there, and have done a great job of marketing themselves. Yeah. You know, they have done a very good job at that. And in today's age, you have to do that. You got to be on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the social media, and you got to do that, and you have to make it a good time. College football has been around for over 100 years. They'll be around for another 100, 200, 300 years, okay? They don't have to market themselves, right. really, because everybody knows about it. They've got yep. TV deals. Yep. They've got the, you know, the championship. They've got all the, the, the bowl games, all that stuff. You cannot make Major League Soccer like college football. No. It doesn't work that way. And just, you yeah. know, and, and towards the end of the article, and we, we aren't going to bang this point into the ground, but he does bring up, he, he doesn't give any answers. Mm-hmm. He, he, I, I think he starts, he, basically the article is how Major League Soccer, and actually not just Major League, but some of the lower soccer leagues as well, mm-hmm. is not like college football. Well, It'll never be that way. He, and he brings up ideas. They aren't necessarily answers, but... Um, he brings up ideas like this could be a system of promotion or relegation or yeah. local conferences yeah. or something else entirely, which no. he doesn't mention. No, uh, it's, it's just a very vague article. Yeah, I, you we, know, I don't I don't think that uh, he entirely understands the concept. No, you know, I mean, he he mentions that uh, USL, which, you know, every, anybody that follows follows us uh, through the beautiful game network knows this because they're primarily usl mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't usl is second division uh, he says that how usl is basically a feeder league you know most of the teams are affiliated or are owned by mls and which is interesting because they're not no. uh, there's 33 teams in usl and only nine of them have direct affiliation mm-hmm. with and that's MLS. what i thought like the, so, the, yeah. the loons don't have an affiliated right. no no and it 
on top of that, in terms of being a feeder league, like minor league baseball, absolutely not. No, no. And it, if you look at, if you look at even say the championship in England mm-hmm. or two Bundesliga in Germany, they're all kind of feeder leagues. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're playing for Derby County in the English Championship, if you're really good. There's a pretty good chance there's an EPL team mm-hmm. sitting there watching you and saying, "Hmm, he'd be an easy transfer. Yep. Let's let's yep. make a deal." I mean, it, it obviously it's not like college football because mm-hmm. generally more times than not, you know, a Division two player doesn't transfer to a Division one. It happens. It happens. It does. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those situations where. I don't think it can be like college football in no. that sense because every every league around the world is like that. So I think he he misses the point of the fact that while we're not exactly like other leagues around the world, yeah, it's it's not terribly different. No. Yeah, it's, it's missing that pro pro rel situation, which which we'll, which we've talked about before. It will never happen here because really we, we can't do it. England can do it because they've got all these stadiums and, and Italy. And Europeans can do this because they've been doing it for over a hundred years yeah. now. Okay, we can't do relegation promotion here. Okay, he's also missed the point that college football has what 112 teams in the top division. Okay, and then in the lower divisions, you got any more teams. There's a ton of colleges that play football in this country. Right, yeah. This is a professional sports league. This is not college sports here. here, here and here's, right. you know, I've got a couple more points from, and one will, the last point can segue perfectly into the next article that Tony, you want to talk about. But like, here, here's, you know, and I'll quote here and from the article: Soccer big leagues will tell you that fans want to watch amazing TV broadcasts of the best players in the best stadiums. Yet this can't come close to explaining why only a few American soccer games this season will exceed the football passion on both sides of the field. And then he goes on to mention specific lower conference teams like St. John's and St. Thomas. But So he talks about passion. I don't think he's been to enough MLS soccer games. No, because, I would bet he hasn't been to any. Because, the, the yes, college football, that's one of the reasons okay. I love college football. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of yeah, loyalty there. there like I said, it was burned into you. Mm-hmm. But... As when you talk about Major League Baseball, even NFL, to but NBA, all the major sports, from my experience, the passion at Major League Soccer games that are close to capacity, mm-hmm. which most of them are, yep. other than a few cities, um, the passion level is amazing. The supporters yep. group is amazing. You, I, I, I think he's way off by trying to just say that the passion level in U.S. soccer is not good. But I think he's also missed the point of the passion level in college sports you're going to get, and again, you're going to get these kids for four years, okay? And you're always renewing kids back yeah. into the stands, and they're passionate because they are students at that college. And some of them might be drunk. And my, some <laughs> of them, a lot of them are. But, uh, but then when they leave college, you're probably going to lose, what, do you, what percent, Dave? I mean, what percent of those fans that were at, when we were, in, when we were at the University of Minnesota, and we were big fans of yeah. uh, the golfers, what percentage of those fans do you think then when they leave the U say, well, I'm not really going to be involved in their sports anymore? Like 50%? Well, I mean, yeah, you are going to lose a significant amount yeah. only because, you know, a lot of the people that, say, graduate from a local college then move off across right. the country, elsewhere, across the world. So you're going to lose, but you, you don't lose, you know, 
the fact that you're a fan of but that. As an alumni, you can still be a fan. Maybe alumni. you can't support it by going to the games on a weekly basis. Exactly right. And your alumni, you're not as passionate as you were as a student. Correct. There, okay? Maybe. So that's you, you've lost that. In most cases, that's yeah, true. Right. Yeah. You switch it over to professional sports. You get some kid who's 10 years old, and he's a fan of the, of the loons, okay? And he's a passionate fan of the loons. They're going to have that kid as a passionate fan of loons probably till he's 70 or 80. Yeah. Because it's professional sports. He's in this town. If he stays here, that's that. You're not losing him after four years right. because he's graduated. He's a professional sports fan through and through. I've been a, a big fan of the Twins since I was eight years old. Okay. I've been a big fan of Timberwolves since the Timberwolves started in 1989. Okay. I've been a big fan of the Vikings like you have, Dave, since you moved here. Everybody, we're all fans of the Vikings. I've been a big fan of the Wild since they started here, and I've been a big fan of the Loons. And I'm not going to change because I'm graduating. I'm a professional sports fan. That's the way it works. So you cannot make professional sports like college sports. There's different things going on there. You know, and I'm a good example of this. When we moved to Colorado, Mm -hmm. I still followed, well, at the time, stars. Yeah, yeah. Even though I was in Colorado. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I didn't all of a sudden say, I'm not a Stars fan anymore no, because right. I moved a thousand miles away. That's right. That's I right. stayed connected. And when they became the United I and they started broadcasting online, I started watching the games mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. I came back to Minnesota and I got season tickets. Yep. I mean, it's not like you said, when you become a fan of a professional sports team, you generally stay that supportive you're as fan long for, as you possibly can. For a, you're a fan for life. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I there's people on uh, there's uh, uh, what do you call it? actors actresses who have gone out to L.A. who are still fans. Josh Dumel or whatever his name is from North Dakota. He's still a fan of the Vikings for Pete's yep. sakes, and he's been out in L.A. for 20 years. Right. You know, he's not a fan of the Rams or. The, the Raiders. Right. He's a fan of the Vikings. Exactly. When you are a professional sports fan, you stick with your team right. more often than not. Right. There are some so changes. His article kind of rubbed me the wrong way as he didn't really give any examples of how it was gonna be like college. And it was kind of just rambling. Yeah. And I, I don't know yeah. the guy and I don't know the guy personally. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not upset with the guy. I'm not I'm mad at the guy. I'm not I'm I don't hate the guy. But I think an article like this is like why even? Why there, even put it in your paper? In my, right. There's just nothing there. I mean, I I think what he wanted to do was was highlight the passion that fans of college football have, which mm-hmm. is true. But then to go to say that, you know, that passion doesn't exist in any of the major sports. Well, that's, that's simply not true. That's bullshit. And as soccer is especially, and why he is picking, it's almost like he's picking on soccer. And I think he's yeah. a little yeah. off from that. Yeah. From a passion standpoint, he's a bit and off. And he's a he's a soccer writer, and which. Yeah. Surprises me. So, and I think yeah. our, I think the next point because he talk, he specifically mentions that every week in the fall, a shade under four million people will attend college football games. But we already talked about the number of colleges that have football programs, whether it's Division One, NCAA, or second or third division. There's so there's, there's so many hundreds, yeah. hundreds of hundreds. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's over 100 in Division One. Can't compare. There's more than that in the lower divisions. Can't so, compare it. So, but he specifically mentions that there's four million people. I think that point kind of segues nicely yeah. into the next article you wanted to bring up, Tony. And I want to bring up the art- another article that the Wall Street Journal just published a, a report saying that 
college football, at their games, they'll announce that there's a crowd of 39,000. But in reality, there's only 25,000 people actually in the stands. Um, and they actually brought up the golfers in this, the Nebraska game last year, saying that the attendance was announced at 39, and there's only 25,000 people in the stands. So I didn't know this before today. I know MLB does. They MLB counts who comes into the stadium. That is their attendance. I guess NCAA does not do that. They just count who... MLS um, who actually buys tickets. So the NCAA, especially the golfers, and that game lost out on 14,000 people. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what they're saying. So I, we were talking about this on text today or a couple days ago. That's $250,000 to $500,000 worth of food, beverage, merchandise that the golfers lose out on by not having those 14,000 people right. at the stadium. And in that was it that article that specifically looked at because um, they were looking at both revenue and attendance. Yeah, yeah. And and that revenue is dropping nationwide in college football. Of course, football. yes, yeah, um, that's right. But yeah, it, it, the attendance actually for the Gophers, and we're going to talk about them because yeah. I'm a Gopher fan. But the the attendance actually slightly went up last year. Yeah. Over the year before, but the revenues were dropping. Of course. Um, but I think the only reason that the Gophers saw an uptick, which is against kind of what we've seen with every you know across nationally yeah but i think that uptick was only because of the new coaching hire in pj yeah. fleck which i mean it's a good reason for the attendance to go up but it was only up slightly well let's go back right. to the article we at the star tribune so you want college football you want mls to be like college football so you want more people not showing up for the games right i mean come on man well and so the the strip article what was that number that he gave he, well, he said now he said four million fans on an average week, right across the country. Across the country, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you say, well, let's do pull out a calculator here. Um, four million. Oops, that's forty million. Not forty. Four divided by what? How many teams are there roughly? Well, it's, division it's, one. It's, it's tough because in Division One, there's over a hundred. I think it's hundred and twenty. I think it's hundred and twenty. But that's yeah. just Division One. one. He specifically is talking about even All, Division yeah. Three. So I mean, even talking... if you do so, even if you do Division One, yeah. If that was four million across Division One, that's thirty-three thousand. Yeah. That's, so yeah. it's what you have: Atlanta, mm-hmm. you have Seattle, you have. Orlando, on some cases, you mm-hmm. have uh, Portland. I think getting close to that. Yep. Yep. So that there's that claim is completely to, absurd. Again. Yeah, and just you know to to answer your question, there's in now counting every both the FBS, the bowl level college football, and yeah. the FCS, the Division threes that he specifically mm-hmm. mentioned, mm-hmm. St. John's, you know, Mankato's. There are 774 college. Football okay. programs okay. in so the country that averages five thousand people. Exactly a game. right. Okay. Because right. You, when you talk about the St. John's, yeah. they're yeah. going to have maybe yeah. five thousand yeah. at a game, or maybe even less than that, depending yeah. on their stadium. I don't know right. St. John's Stadium. So r- throwing out a national number of four million it fans, you can't do that. Mean anything. Yeah. You can't do it. So I mean, you look at that and you say, well, MLS's average game is t- almost twenty-one thousand. Twenty-one thousand. Yeah. So, and that's impressive. I mean, yeah. that's that's probably higher. And I'm not gonna. Say, Let's, I'm not even going to say it's probably higher. It's it's comparable to mm-hmm. NFL, or not NFL, I'm sorry, NBA, NBA and NHL. NHL. It's higher than NHL, okay. it and it's comparable to NBA. Yeah. And again, so let's go 
back to the point of the guy saying college football or MLS should be like college football. No, not going to happen. No, and it should. Why even write the article? It's it, yeah, it's a weird comparison. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's. But now, to your Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. article, yeah. I had brought this up on text, and I don't even think it was a relation to. Yeah, it was a relation to mm-hmm. that. Um, I mentioned how, okay, the last game of the home game of the season. Yeah. If we managed to get fifty thousand people in that yeah. stadium, yeah. What does that say about Minnesota United soccer in the in the state of Minnesota? Because. We're all of a sudden going to be well over what the Gophers get in their own yeah. stadium. And I think I think we talked about this before. I think there's a huge soccer fan base in Minnesota, especially mm. in the metro area. Yeah, it that, th- there is. And actually that's a good point. Like for example, like the Gopher the TCF Bank Stadium where the Loons play now, mm-hmm. that stadium has a capacity of roughly fifty thousand yep. with the upper and lower bowl yep. combined. Um, but it's actually they built that with the possibility of expansion. You know how uh, the was the, it the east end is open. Open, yep. yeah. They they can they could complete the bowls and guess, and the capacity would be about seventy thousand. Never gonna happen. It probably won't. It might never happen. But now I was just thinking, there there is we've talked about it over and over on the podcast. There is definitely growth in MLS and looking mm-hmm. at the average attendances, which mm-hmm. we just did. Mm-hmm. There's definitely growth, and you see what Atlanta's doing in their you know yeah. football combined yeah. stadium. They're yeah. you know getting fifty thousand yeah. per game easily. Yeah. Um, I just wonder, long term, could have the United done something similar, left some expansion room in that stadium? There isn't now, but well, I think to go know. from maybe. Someday in the future, where yeah. you're drawing now, you're drawing nineteen thousand per game, mm-hmm. let's say. But maybe twenty years from now, fifteen years from now, could you ever see a, a case where the loons could be drawing, say, thirty or forty thousand per I, game? But I, to your point, Dave, I think the loons, especially their owner, looked at it and said, "What number uh, of seats can we get to? We know we're going to have a packed house every night." Yeah. They right. want a packed house, and that they helps the atmosphere. They don't. Right. They don't want thirty thousand and True. having ten thousand seats open. They want nineteen thousand and having it packed every flipping night, especially the first three years. Right. Because the first three years, I I have a strong feeling, guys. Every one of those games would be a sell the first three years. Could be, you know. I think it, it's similar to, I think the Wild. The Wild you know, same they, way. Yeah, they yeah. built. They built XL Energy to be yeah. a certain size to where yeah. they know they're going to sell it out. Exactly right. They and know I mean, now how many money. years has it been that that place has been there? Yeah. And, you know, they do a pretty good job of filling it. And there's a waiting list for yeah. their season tickets. Luckily, we have Dave Sterling, who already has season tickets to the United, so we're good to go on a weekly basis. Unless I end up hating. That's not possible. I mean, we're going to split this podcast up. We're going to have Lunacy 1, Lunacy 2. Is it, is it going to be like a divorce? Who gets Dave? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you can have it. You want to do Dave. <laughs> mm. So anyways, let's get off this topic. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Yeah, we haven't really... Our podcast, the very first podcast. Yeah. A retrospective. Yes. We talked about Toys R Us. Yeah, we did. We talked about a former porn star doing YouTube videos. Yep, that's right. And... It, since then, honestly, we've kind of trailed off that random stuff. We well, touched here and there on it, but we devoted, I think, a good half an episode to 
just well, random I, stuff. But I think it's because the season's now started and we're talking more soccer. But as yeah. the season ends, I think when we do this into the winter time. Well, that's a good point. We're not, we don't plan on stopping this we're podcast not stopping. when the season no. is over. Yeah. In the winter time, I think we'll talk a little bit about soccer and more about other stuff going on. Because we know? won't have games to talk about. We won't about. talk games to talk about, yeah, so right we'll have a little random stuff. Minnesota United, please have stuff to talk about at least a little. Yeah, at least a little. Oh, uh, we'll talk about. There's nothing wrong with doing a five-minute podcast. We're not doing five oh, minutes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Maybe fifty minutes, but we'll yep. talk about other stuff. But um, we we all went to the state Minnesota State Fair on Monday. So just a little background. My family, well, my wife and I and our kids, and my wife's family go to the state fair every year on the exact same Monday, the first Monday of the state fair. And so this year, I brought it up to the boys. I said, "Hey." We're going to the State Fair on Monday. You guys want to come? And Dave and Dave were like, yeah, we're going to come. And Dave Sterling brought his family, his wife, and his and his young daughter. And uh, Dave came as well. And uh, what a fantastic time, guys. It was really fun. Um, I love the State Fair because, well, most because of the beer now. Because they have so many different craft beers. It's ridiculous. Yes. You can't even drink all of them in one day. It's nope. just crazy. Um, I mean, you could. You could. We went to the Miracle of Life, uh, Miracle of Birth Center with all the girls. Um, I, your daughter, Dave, had a great time there, I'm sure. That's where we all met up. That's where we all met up, yeah. Though she was terrified of the calf. Of the, the baby calf? Yeah. So, she, we, we had, you know, there were two calves. No, maybe yeah. three calves. Uh, two of them were laying down. One was standing up. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to get her over to the to the calf that was standing because it was yeah. at least being active. Yeah. And so she she came over. She immediately went to the side of his ass. <laughs> okay. And so she's like reaching out through the cage trying to pet it, but I'm fairly <laughs> certain she was just touching his ass. Well, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no don't touch the butt. That's not. That's not. Don't touch the butt. So Sarah managed to get her to come around to the mm-hmm, other side with mm-hmm. face. Yeah. And she was immediately terrified. Oh, it was yeah. like, oh my god, this thing has a face. Yeah, but um, you know, she, I got her to kind of pet its head. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it started trying to eat the shirt of the little girl next to her. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and it was like licking it profusely, oh, and yeah. we were both like, yeah, that's kind of gross. So we pulled yeah, her away. Pulled her away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she. She liked the the baby goats. The baby, yeah, she really the liked goats. baby goats. About the well they, well, they had baby goats. They had baby chickens, baby geese. Yeah, they had lamb, lamb, goat. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, uh, my girls were having a good time. Um, and then we we before, actually it's a funny thing before we even got to the miracle of birth, uh, we had to stop for your wife wanted coffee from the Java yes, joint yep. place, and I don't know what it is about young kids. But I asked your daughter if she wanted to go see her friends, my kids. Yeah. And she actually got on the ground and held my hand down that way, which I don't know what it is with me. Young kids like like to hold my hand. Yeah, and she like, won't even walk. hold my hand. It was we- I'm sorry. I apologize. I uh, didn't know. I, I'm not offended at all. I didn't know. But it's weird because I was like, I was just asking this kind of a common courtesy. Like, do you want to? And she's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, what? That- You've only seen me like a couple times. I'm, yeah. you know. And that was also we should note after she tried to get her fingers stuck in the benches. Stuck in the benches, yeah. It was yeah. she was getting her fingers stuck in the benches, and uh, it was a yeah, little weird. It was a little mm-hmm. weird. Uh, 
we drank a lot of beer. We went to the Egg Crosser building, had our uh, four packs of different beers, yep. um, which was fantastic. Went to Ballpark Cafe and had some more beers. We went in the haunted house, boys. Yes. My six-year-old Nora uh, went back and forth between going to the haunted house for a couple days beforehand. She decided to go. So it was me, my my daughter Nora, Dave, and Dave in the haunted house. Dave Stevens was in front. I was in the middle. Sterling was in back. My daughter Nora got scared after the first guy yelled and screamed at her. So I held her the most of the time. We get to the end. <laughs> what did that? What did he do? Like a drum? Or it, what it was, was I think it was a cymbal. It was and, a cymbal. And, and it was the worst part about it was I mean. Yeah. It, I kind of knew what was coming throughout that haunted house. Mm. I had done it once before, and that's why I was most excited to go in with your daughter and you yeah. uh, on Monday was just because, man, it's been almost probably 20 years since I'd last yeah, done it, yeah. so I wanted to just see what it was all about again. Yeah. And But that being said, I knew it was going to be dark. I knew there was going to be people trying to scare and startle you. But mm-hmm. the worst part was at the very end, I'm literally looking at the exit sign. Yeah. I was 15 feet away from the exit, and I knew it, so I'm like, yeah. oh, it's over. It's all done. Yeah. And yes, right before the end, while, while I was yeah. looking at the exit sign, somebody slammed a cymbal yeah. about three inches from my ear. He almost fell down. I jumped off to the he left. He almost I, fell down. I literally got started. He almost fell down. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, from about 10 feet away from behind, it was hilarious. Because yeah, that, that yeah, one actually, that backfired on me, the last one. Because yeah. I think going first actually gave me a little bit of an advantage. Because I would walk through, and I would see out of the corner of my eyes, I'd see something off to my left. Yeah. But he wouldn't, because he knew there was a group of four of us. Yeah. He wouldn't actually do the worst of yeah. his startling yeah, until yeah. I had already passed him. Of course. Yeah. So not only did I kind of see the guy, <laughs> I knew what was coming. And he didn't really try and scare me as much as the middle of the group. Well, meaning you and Nora, basically. Yeah, and the funny thing about that whole haunted house is, like I said, my daughter went back and forth for days on doing it, and finally she decided to go. And me being uh, a dad, a tough dad, said, if you want to go, we'll go, but you're going to be scared. No, I'm not going to be scared. And she was scared. But like I've done previously, when my wife goes, my wife's gone in there numerous times with me, and she gets scared. And all I do is slap the hands of the guys that I'm going by. Hey, yeah. how you doing, buddy? How you doing? Good job. You know, way to go. And then they don't scare you. So doing that with my daughter was kind of like, yeah, they they can't really touch you unless you touch them, you know. And of course, her older sister was telling her all about how it was going to be bad and terrible, and guys were going to touch you and try to strangle you, <laughs> yeah. and they have knives and stuff. I'm like, oh no, they don't have knives, you know. That's just they can't do that. That sounds like a liability issue. For yeah, I know. You can't be stabbed in a haunted yeah. house. And then I had to. I, I can remind. Afterwards, I reminded her. I said, you know, these are all actors from the University of Minnesota, where Dave and I went to school. So, you know, we, these are people, kind of people that me and Dave used to be. And she was like, oh, it's it's okay. So I wasn't was sure. I wasn't sure if you were just making that up for her benefit, or no, they actually are actors from the University yes, of Minnesota. Yes, that's that's true. Oh, that's, that's true. interesting. Because we went to the when we were at the U, I was in acting class a couple times, and you could do the state fair in the at the end of the summer for credits so those are all hmm. acting kids from the state fair that's one of their credits they can do which is which is totally fine um we took a picture with uh our favorite player calvo that right, was right. that was probably the highlight for me of yeah. the fair meeting the cutout calvo yeah, yeah it was yeah he didn't have know, much to say mm. but john went and met the cutout cantero right that was who I think he was. Yeah, we saw him. Yeah, I just waved at him and walked by. Yeah, yeah. so did I. Yeah, so um, we did the Calvo. Yeah. 
The funniest thing about that whole booth of the fair, though, the United area there, was the fact they were selling Ramirez um, was it scarves mm-hmm. for full price. Yeah. I don't think they were even discounted. That's kind of weird. Which is like, whatever. And then it kind of goes to the point of Johnny went to the, and then you went oh. there, to the uh, Fan HQ. It, yeah, I did. Yeah. And they were selling an autographed game-worn Christian Ramirez mm-hmm. jersey yes, for four. $500, which... I was shocked. I sent you guys a picture. I was shocked to find out and look at. You know, there was probably twenty jerseys up on the wall. It yeah. was it was probably tied for the most expensive one or close mm-hmm. to the most expensive one, which was surprising because you had a, uh, for example, an autograph Vikings jersey. Yeah. Brett Favre, same oh. price. What? So that kind of puts things in perspective. And it, see that, and the other thing too is I saw in your picture. I saw the Gary Gaetti jersey yeah. it was going for like one fifty. Oh, exactly. Like, and then Herbeck was like one seventy five. Yeah, or yeah. Like that. No, that's and Kepler was like one seventy five. I'm like, yeah. I would have bought the Gaetti jersey for one fifty more than I'd buy the Ramirez for five hundred. I couldn't yeah. quite figure it out because yes, I mean we're all fans of Chris Ramirez here for sure, but to, to see it go try and sell for five hundred dollars, I think there's a reason it's yeah. still on sale. It's yeah, still exactly. available if anybody would yeah. like to run down there in the next two days. Um. So, we had a good time at the fair, guys. I appreciate you guys coming out with us. Yeah. Hope you guys had a good time. We did. Um, I think next year, we talked about this, and we'll see if it can happen. I don't know if it can happen or not. I think next year, we'll try to do a podcast at the fair. That'd be pretty cool. If we can. If we can talk to the Ballpark Cafe or maybe some other place there and do it early enough where they won't be too crowded, right. I think we'll try to do a podcast. Because I... I'm telling you guys. We could show up at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock uh, in the morning before there's 200,000 people But you can't drink fair. beer till 9. No. So we have to show up at 9. Hmm. Well, then we'll um, have to find a good spot to do it. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I mean, we went, if we did the exact same day. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, up until about 10.30 mm-hmm. is when you really start seeing the crowds come in. Yeah. Especially if you pick a day like that first Monday, which I think that mm-hmm. first Monday, that was the first time I have ever gone to the fair on that particular day, the first yeah. Monday of the fair. Just, I actually went to the fair yesterday, yep. which would be Friday before Labor Day, mm-hmm. and wow, I showed up at almost the exact same time, just after 9. Crazy. The crowd was mm-hmm. amazing. I don't know that they set a record or anything yeah. like that. They may not have, but it com- you compare the Friday before Labor Day to the first Monday, yeah. Whew, night and day. That's how we, this is why we always do the first Monday, because it, usually gets people usually go the first Saturday and Sunday and the Monday is kind of a yeah I don't really want to go so Monday Tuesday Wednesday are usually like kind of the sure. nobody wants to go days and then Thursday Friday get up there but like I was saying if we do a podcast at the fair next year guys I, I we, we will do it I that would be a great time I think all of us had fun it was a good yeah. good time said well your uh, your your wife and your kid I know had a good time yeah yeah uh, Liesel actually fell asleep within, yeah, oh, ten minutes of us leaving. Yeah, because she's younger, so it's like yeah, all that activity, and then yeah. we were at the midway, and all the stuff was like yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I actually um, went on some rides on the midway you did, with, with my Kelly. wife. Yeah, yeah that was wife. fun. Because I don't go on rides. I'm not a ride guy. I don't go on rides either. Yeah, I play games. Uh, I try to win stuffed animals that are worth like a dollar. But um, I got screwed over on the uh, the the mole game. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I swear I I won that. Yeah, I don't care what you know. anybody says. I mean, it's they're carnies, though. Yeah. They're not supposed to let you win. They're supposed to let you... They let certain people win so they can show off the big prizes, and then right. you go there and spend your $20 and don't win anything. Um, so, great day at the fair, guys. Um, 
The Saturday before the fair, I went to the Renfest. Insane. Um, Doing insane. both of those in the same weekend. I know. I, I know, guys. It was. It was not. It was. It was fine. I, but it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, Dave, I know you're going tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Which should be a. It should be a nice day outside. Um, I think it's supposed to rain. It was a, really. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not going to be nice then. I won't mind. It can be muddy. Because they have all... The Renfest, for those of you who don't know, and probably most of you people listening do know, is the Renfest is out in like a wooded area, and there's no like pavement. You know, the State Fair is on grounds of streets yeah. and stuff. The Renfest is in a wooded area, and there's dirt. and So if it rains, it gets muddy. It'll be very Middle Ages. It'll be very Middle Ages for you. The other thing I don't like about the Renfest now... Is the fact that I don't know when this happened because I've been going for a couple of years now, but all of a sudden Shells has taken over all the beer there, and I'm a big fan of Shells beer. I love Shells. Yeah, I go to Oktoberfest every year with my friend Nels. We have a good time, but for one beer company, especially Shells, to take over all the beer at one place, kind of gets annoying. Because I can have a Grain Belt Premium or whatever for a while, but then I can have I want something different. You know, right. I want to. Maybe I want a surly. Maybe I want something else. Just to kind of cleanse the palate, get something back. No, it's all shells. All shells. Oh, they have mead now, too. Which is... Uh, We've had that for a while. The last time I went to the Renaissance yeah. Fair, which was probably a good uh, nine years ago, at least. They had mead back then? They did, yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I think... Uh, so we've gone... We went last year. We went the year before, right after we moved back from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I don't think 2016, it was shells. So yeah, it was either so. last year or this year. I think it was last year they changed it. And I can't remember. Oddly enough, I can't remember last and, year, but I can remember 16. Which is, you know, it's fine because Shells actually does a great job. They bring out, like, their blueberry beer they've got there. Yeah. they got their Oktoberfest. They bring out some of their beers they don't normally bring out, which is great. But on the same token, I would love to have a Surly, a Summit maybe, maybe some other beer. Just randomly throughout. Yeah. You can have 75% shells, but make some random stuff out there. Don't make it all shells. Right. Um, the thing I don't like about the Renfest, even though I, I do like it, is the fact that they always are like, sir, ma'am. They always have the accent. Some of you are talking to those people. You know, you hear that's the That's whole... like the point. I understand that's the point, but after a while, it gets kind of annoying. Did the, did the United States have a Middle Ages? No, it didn't. But I'm just saying, after... When you're out there for a while and you've been drinking a little bit, then it's like just give me the beer. Don't it, say. I kind of. Here agree. You go, Sarah. I you kind know? of agree with Dave on this one. If you're gonna go to the Ren Fest, you better expect hey, that. I, I I expect it. I do. I want to see. I want to see people make me feel like I am stepping into the Middle Ages. And you do. I'm just saying after. So they'd have an English accent. But after saying, like sir and man, I don't. But try after like to a couple that, so. hours, it gets a little annoying. Cause you just did want you to have anyone beer. harass you? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I, I also last year I didn't. I also saw. Well, the other thing about the Renfest that I'm going to bring up is the fact that there are numerous people there wearing things they should not be wearing in public ever, ever. There are people out there wearing things that they shouldn't be wearing, but it looks good. Right. Because there are some women who are wearing the, you know, the corsets and they're, right, right, they're right. just hanging out. There's also women there wearing things they should never be wearing in public. But it's the Renaissance Festival, so we can do this. Right. You know? It's a lot like Halloween. Yeah. I'm not going to the Renfest in, the, in a cod piece. I, I'm not doing that. Thank God. 
And but, why would I do that? But it's nice to know that you could probably feel like you could do that. Well, I could, but I would never yeah. do it. See, this year, tomorrow, I'm actually going to buy a costume. You're going to buy it? Really? Kind of costume? I, those guys? Yeah, I've wanted to for years. Sarah and I have talked about it, but I was like, we always put it off. So, okay. And I have a, I have a, uh, a Scottish broadsword yes. that has a sheet, metal sheath and everything. Yeah. And I've just never done anything with so, it. So You can bring a sword to the room. You can. As long really. as there's a... As long as it's uh, locked in place inside the ship. Yeah, mm. you can bring you can bring dogs there now too. Mm. Um, so how much are you going to spend? I haven't decided yet. Because at, at the Run Fest on Saturday, my mother-in-law bought my oldest daughter a dress for eighty-five dollars. Yeah, I was planning on about one hundred and fifty, probably. And I was like, "What? She's only going to wear this like once. Once." Maybe next year if she doesn't get any bigger. Well, she's going to get bigger. She's right. 10, right? 85 flipping dollars for this thing. See, the nice thing is, is if I buy a costume, yeah. unless I grow outward, yeah. it's always going to fit me. Which is potential. There's potential there to grow outward. It's quite a bit of Because at our age, you know, there's potential to grow outward and inward depending on the right. seasons. Thankfully, I've been going inward lately. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, let's talk about one other thing after the run fest. Dave had to build a fence. Build a fence, yes. And so he has been texting all of us to help him out. And it ends up that there's a company in Minnesota that he bought the stuff from. I'm not going to name it. Menards. Technically Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Menards. And um, they didn't give him the stuff. Right. And the two dates he wanted to use all the rest of us for his hard labor. So you ended up doing it yourself. I did it myself. Yeah. Well, half myself. I mean, I'll still do their other half myself. Yeah, yeah. But you just got out there and just kind of did it. Yeah, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I placed the order. Yeah. Oh, everything's in stock. Fantastic. Yeah. A week later, oh, nothing's in stock. Mm -hmm. So I waited, you know, six weeks. And, you know, it finally came in. It rained. And I was like, raining equals wet ground equals easier to shovel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Of course, I tried by hand. Whoops. Anyone that has not seen who, what I look like, yeah, I'm not a guy that's prone to physical labor. I don't think, the three of us, I don't think, right. we're, either of us are, no. you know. So, I got about half away, maybe three quarters of the way down a two foot hole mm-hmm. digging with a shovel. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor was like, dude, go rent an auger. He didn't say, dude, you need some help? No. What? I don't think he's ever asked me. No, that's not true. Well, okay. He has. Okay. I should. I know that he's not going not gonna to listen to this, so I suppose I could have just kept it at that. <laughs> um, but so I was like, yeah, all right. So I checked. Home Depot had an auger. Yeah. Not Menards. Yeah. I didn't check Menards. You should I was a little bit upset with it. You should be. And, um, yeah, got an auger, went back. Nice. Did one side, oh. half of it, and then all of a sudden my parents are like, oh, you should have told us. We'd come over. And I'm like, mm. well, it's uh, 5.30. Yeah. Come over. Yeah. Well. They're two and a half hours away. Hmm. So Twitter. then the, yeah, so the next day they, or that night they came over, and the next yeah. day we did the other side. Okay. So, um, really it was me. Hold on a second. So your parents drove out. Two and a half hours to help you with the fence? Yes. And help wow. should be in quotes. I want to meet your parents. 
I got some help around the house I need to have done. Uh, they'd probably help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the, that's the hard part, but it's the hard labor part. Yeah. You know, the augers are probably about 60 pounds. Yeah. You know, digging down two feet, having to pull it out with dirt caked sure, to them. Sure, it's pretty sure, heavy. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I was sore until easily Wednesday. My bet. Um, I've been going to the gym. Yeah, I didn't go to the gym this week. No, you didn't shouldn't have. feel the need to. You did at one time. Um, yeah, you know, now I have the tedious part, which is the connecting all the pieces. Yeah, when are you going to uh, do that? I haven't decided yet. Could you give us a date? Because I'll make sure that I'm not around for that date. <laughs> hey, you can do it while we're on the cruise. <laughs> okay, so Dave put in a fence by himself, which is... I, the reason I bring it up is because you texted us numerous times about when it was going to come in. Right. And can you help? And I was open one weekend and some other guys were... And then it just never happened. And yep. then you end up doing it yourself, which is funny. Um, we do our podcasts once every two weeks. In two weeks, Dave Stevens and myself... With our friend Nels and my wife Kelly, we'll be on a cruise out of Seattle for the Adam Corolla podcast cruise. So, which really sounds fun, by the way. It it's does. gonna be uh, it's gonna be a blast. Um, so, Dave Sterling will be doing the podcast with a special guest. We don't know to be determined. To be determined, it could determined. be John. It could, could be, be John Drewski. Real special guest. It could oh, be a right. real special guest. It could be John Drewski. We don't know yet. Um, we are going to attempt, depending on what time you guys do the podcast, we're going to attempt to call in for like five minutes yeah. and just say, hey, we're having a good time on the cruise. That's that. If we can't, no big deal. But, um, yeah, so that's in two weeks. After that, I think in a month, I'm hoping, because that'll be the end of September, we get back to one more brewery, um, which... Uh, We'll, we'll decide. I know Alloy wants us to come back out yeah. again because they're very excited that we were out there and they did a lot of promotion for us. Um, Invictus did a lot of really promotion for us. really have to think about Lupin. Uh, Lupin, yeah, up in uh, Big Lake. We could do that one. We could do um, Auger in uh, Agar in Elk River. There's a couple other ones around here we could do. Um, so that'll be in a month, but in two weeks, you will not hear me and Dave Stevens yeah. because we will be on a cruise. A bit emotional for me. Cause if now this is, if everything works according to plan, which the plan, my plan has changed numerous times. Yeah. The podcast after our, the one we're going to miss for the cruise, yeah. I very well likely could be out of the country oh, yeah. and miss two yet another. So it might be well, a good month, month and a half before I can. Did you, again. did you turn in your time with HR about the time you're going to be on? Right. Because yeah. PTO frankly, request. PTO request. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can, but you can call in from where are you going to be? Like Argen I could. Argentina. Most likely, I could call in. It's Argentina, also in the right? Same time zone, right? It's two hours ahead. It's Atlantic time zone. So oh, that's really, so. Yeah, it's not. But bad. you could call in. Yeah. yeah. No, I could. Yeah. yeah, it could be like a you know call in from Argentina. It'd be great. God, I'm. Trying to picture globe, and I cannot that, imagine that Argentina is two hours ahead. I thought the same thing, and like you think, or I thought, first number one, I thought Argentina is actually not that far away, you know, because I've been to Australia, I've been to New Zealand, I've been way yeah. out there, and yeah. you're like that's a long ways away, and yeah, um, so my first thought, oh, oh, it'll be five hour flight. No, no, it's a ten hour flight or nine hour flight from Atlanta. Cause really, it's, way, it's very far, very south. far down, yeah. yeah. When you look at the globe, and yeah. if you look at a globe. It's actually, 
you know, it's not directly south. It's not directly below South America, yeah. especially Argentina kind of is off to that eastern side. So. Well, and there's potential there. You're going to miss us talk about uh, a lot of losses because well, we're terrible. Let's be optimistic. We're Our hoping next... that we're going to talk about some wins, yeah. but you never know. I want, to, I want to call in from Victoria, British Columbia and talk about a win on the road versus DC United. That's what I want. Yeah, that'd be nice. If we were in, yeah, if we're in Victoria that, which we should be in Victoria that day on our cruise, we can call in for a couple minutes and talk about a win. And uh, it's also our friend Nels is if, I don't know if Nels listens, does Nels listen to the podcast? Yes. Yes. Does. Okay. So it's our friend Nels's 40th birthday when we are in Canada that day. He will turn 40 that day. That being said, does I've never... Does it count if you're in Canada? I think it does. I've never actually watched him listen to the podcast. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going on hearsay and what he tells us. Well, if he listens to the podcast, he'll know I just said happy birthday, pre-happy birthday, because we're going to... Dave and I have been trying to figure out what we're going to do that day in Victoria, British Columbia, because we've got to find something to do for his 40th birthday. I'm thinking of the distillery. Yeah. yeah. Going to whiskey safe, distillery. That's a safe bet for Nels. Yeah. yeah. I might uh, give him a hug, potentially. <laughs> He'd probably enjoy that. Um, so that's we're going to be in two weeks. Uh, Dave will have the podcast. We'll be at the helm of the podcast that week with whoever it is. And I hope, uh, well, I know it'll turn out great. Um, but you guys have anything else to talk about? Uh, the barbecue is about to start at my house. I know Dave has to go because his mother-in-law is in town. He's going to hang out with his wife and mother-in-law. I guess if you wanted, I know we're getting close to time, but if you wanted, I know you were going to bring up, uh, or wanted to bring up, whether we do this time or not, is just an update on our loanies. Yeah, All the loans, real quick, yes, maybe. Yes. Yeah, you know, it hasn't been positive. Um, a one D, he is at Charlotte. Uh, he's played, which is great that he's getting. Minutes. That's good. Yeah. yeah. However, they uh, <laughs> they lost. To Louisville, uh, 3-0, and then lost to North Carolina, 6-2. So, him at center back, both games, all 90 minutes, probably not a good thing. Uh, And then finally, Manley, who we talked about actually at pretty good length last episode. He's at Las Vegas, um, Las Vegas Lights. And at that time, he uh, hadn't had any minutes. Yeah, we talked about that, yeah. And um, now he's started both games, last wow. two games. Mm. Uh, he's got a total of 144 minutes between the two games. Good, good. Uh, he hasn't caused any problems statistically. Good, good. So, you know, that's good. Uh, he was – he only got 60 minutes last game. No. he The first game that he played. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was subbed out for attacking – it was a, it was really a switch. In, yeah, yeah. In, in well, you know, and this is what we tactics. hope for is when guys get loaned out, we hope they play minutes. Right. We talked about this last time with Manley. He was down there for a while, and he had two games, and they hadn't played him yet. It was four games. Four games. Okay, yeah. four games, which is even worse. They he needs if we're loaning guys out, they need to play. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah, you know, and so hopefully that trend's changing. You yeah. know, if he started the last two games, yeah, yeah. maybe the front office has been like. All right, guys. If you don't play him, we're gonna start. We're gonna pull his, mm-hmm. his loan deal. So that's that's positive. Unfortunately, the yeah. the outcomes for a one D haven't been good. But no, you know it's still it's still minutes. 
Yeah. And, you know, I didn't watch the game, so I don't maybe he had nothing to do with the goals. Yeah. Well, it's, it, like I said, it's minutes. Yeah. That's what I need right now. Um, anything else, guys, before we break out of here? No, I think we covered it all. All yeah. right. I just want to say to everybody, uh, even though it's it's Saturday, uh, you probably listen to this podcast on Monday or Tuesday, so happy Labor Day to everybody. Uh, school starts back up. I know if you're a parent uh, with a school-aged kid, you're very excited to have the kids back in school. I know I am. Uh, but that's it for the Lucy Podcast, guys. For myself, Tony Pervernanzi, Dave Stevens, Dave Sterling. We will talk to you guys in two weeks. See ya. Bye.